1: Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is August fifth. Andy, how are we doing?
0: Brendan, I'm doing. Uh, I'm do- I'm doing all right. I, uh, you know, what a, what a time for professional golf. This is. Uh, I think we all knew the, the lawsuit was coming, but I didn't know the with the vim and veracity that it was going to come with. And the the
1: heft. vim and veracity. Yeah. All right, I, I like it. Just it, make it, enough it, words. It did come fly in. I, I, I'm reminded of why I once walked out of law school to get a book and then never went back. Uh, and and But I, this yesterday, as I was reading through the 105-page complaint or whatever it is, 110 pages, and then I was like, oh, I need a break. Let me go check in with my football team. See how their training camp day went, and all it is is more appeals for my quarterback. The appeals process yeah. will do this is you know Goodell will there will be a designee and an arbiter. It's just all it was a full day of legal doc, legal, legal ease in my sports world where it's supposed to be escape from that. Uh, but yes, this is the big you know. I, I, let's let's be honest. It completely overshadowed the women's open. I think the run up to the women's open. I think hopefully that will take. More of the stage uh, on the weekend, uh, as as sort of the the news of the lawsuit dropping, you know, fades a little more. Uh, only until Tuesday when this uh, hearing on the temporary temporary restraining order, the TRO, is is, is held out in uh, California. But uh, it was a, I don't know if it was a bombshell, but it was uh, it was a massive, massive development in a in a sport that's probably going to be ongoing for years, months at the very least, right? This is going to go on for a long, long time. There are some really, really, uh, heavy hitting lawyers involved. Um, although I would say the Gibson done the place I worked right out of college, we took them to the on the woodshed on the one thing I worked on, but they are they are an awesome legit, they are they're legit big time.
0: you're basically so. LeBron, yeah, LeBron right, James right.
1: All I had to do was print out and staple a few documents, I but I know the case, anyways. They're no, they're a big firm. so. Uh, it's going to go mean, on for a I, long time. LeBron
0: didn't win early in his career, so
1: you <laughs> <know>. <laughs> that's true.
0: Uh, What'd you make of it?
1: Out. I mean, there's, a, there's, a, it's 110 pages. It's not like complaints. give yeah. usually like five, seven, seventeen pages. This is 105 pages with a lot of shit going on. I, uh,
0: I've, I've read through most of it. It's, I, I think like. <laughs> One of the things I've found the most fascinating is how it's given us an, a lens into how the tour back channel handled this with a, with a lot of different parties. Um, I think like, I think the thing that, and obviously this is a very one-sided document and that's really important to yes. keep in mind. This yeah. is, is uh, this is them making the case. So this is what, You know, they they're giving you all the information they want to you to consider. Um, And that's really important to think of. But like part of me, I look at this and I just wonder, you know, if they lose this case, what what does that mean for the tour? If they lose the T the temporary restraining order and Gooch, Swafford, and who's the third are allowed to play. Yep. Um. Then that will that's a a big blow to the tour, right? And
1: Matt Jones is you the know third. Matt Who? Jones and Matt
0: Jones. No wonder you said him. Fitting that I yeah. couldn't remember Matt Jones. Um. And if you if you think about it from that lens, like if they lose these things, and like why did we get here? Why why did you know, they played hardball. Before you get there, I
1: would just counter that losing the TRO. I don't know that that signals anything. Uh, I mean, it's a well, loss in the it's a loss. What if guys are disabled able to
0: play for the next two years until this thing's <laughs> settled?
1: Sure. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think they have an argument that they earned their way in based on points accrued while they were in good standing. Yeah. Um, you know, Taylor Gooch is whatever, 20th in the so, FedEx Cup. So I just don't know if they, they win that. I don't know that that signifies anything for the larger suit. But go ahead.
0: Yeah, so if they win that, like, I think it's a big blow to the tour in the sense that, like, if these guys can come back and play, you know, and, and they play, it, it's, it just kind of takes a an arrow out of their quiver in a w- way. Would right? you want to come back and play? If well, you that? here's... I think this is the interesting thing, right? And I, and where the, it's, you know, it's obviously an antitrust case. Like, and I want, I think one of the things I learned from talking to a a lawyer that I think is a pretty, a well-regarded lawyer, but not a antitrust lawyer is I said to him, I was like, you know, like, can you speak on this now? he's like, I can speak from what I know, but to tell you the truth, antitrust law is like the most complex law there is. And there's like 50 people that do it. And, you know, there are not a lot of antitrust lawyers and it is, you know, one of the upper
1: echelons of law. You I know? will say uh, we are interviewing and we were trying to do it for today, interviewing tomorrow afternoon, an economist who specializes in antitrust. Uh, he's mm-hmm. brilliant, brilliant mind on this. And so look for that. Maybe we'll release it over the weekend we may just release it with like part of the Sunday show, but we want, obviously we don't feel like we can competently, we can barely competently talk about geography or golf, let alone, uh, antitrust litigation. So we'll have that, uh, coming later.
0: Yeah. So like, I think the, the interesting thing in, in the TRO, the temporary restraining order for Gooch is... Is and, and this is goes to the greater part of the antitrust case is that there's literally no pathway to the upper echelons of golf, i.e., major championships, without the tour, who now, especially now that they have such a stake in the European tour, that actually that consolidation is might be a big part of the trust case, them doing the, the European tour deal actually has mm-hmm. created more of a trust in a way mm-hmm. and them coercing the European tour to employ, employ you know, suspensions and such to players. That is, it's an interesting aspect because like you can't get somewhere without the tour. So then at that point, how is it a competitive landscape, right?
1: Yep. Yep. I, um, I, I think that's... Not the worst argument and I think like they got to be uh, doing the deal with the European tour for sure that that can make it look like it's they're closing them off um I think they got to be incredibly careful to sort of wink and nod with the majors while not actually ever working with them there was in the lawsuit or in the complaint it, uh, it's disclosed that, that Fred Ridley was working or, or uh, deterred tried to deter masters participants and invitees from play that doesn't mean he was yeah that doesn't mean he was working with the pga tour that was could be his independent stance but yeah they got to be very careful about that
0: so in the tro which is that's going to be there's going to be a decision on that next week about gooch swafford and jones and this is their main argument unless restrained the tour's impermissible suspensions will prevent the tro plaintiffs that's gooch Uh, Jones and Swafford from playing in the FedEx Cup playoffs which will will deny them a crucial opportunity to qualify for next year's premier professional golf events i.e. the majors the tour thinks it is above the law yesterday this is my favorite part yesterday a tour representative said we hold all the cards we don't want those guys playing we don't care what the courts say
1: that tour representative was?
0: Davis Love III, just speaking at a press conference at the Wyndham, 58-year-old Davis Love III, who's completely irrelevant on the PGA Tour at this point in his life, saying, we, you know, proclaiming things and then showing up on the first page of the restraining order, the temporary restraining order, filed that day, the next day. And so it, you know,
1: it, it was clear like they this has been written, had been worked on for months, right? I mean, it's a hundred pages, like a lot of lawyers co- cost an insane amount of money. I think like there's a little irony in the a lot of it talking about how um, this this activity by the PGA Tour is you know harming their ability to make money and coming at great costs. As you know, in name, these guys spend millions of dollars on like white shoe law firm and in name only because. Let's be honest, the Saudis paid for this, right? The Saudis are bankrolling this lawsuit, bankrolling these legal fees, which like just this complaint alone had to cost a lot of money. Anyways, there's an in the, the talking estimate about-
0: I got, The estimate I got was between $1 and $5 million so it's to a file this complaint. Yeah. <laughs> and and so If you, rates think, are about a you lot. think about that, it's like, you know, do you think Phil and all these Taylor guys Guch? got together? Yeah, got together yeah. and were like, we're going to spend- $3 million on this thing and it's going to be okay. No, as it talks like it's very
1: clear who's paying for this as it talks about the cost of this, these bands yeah. and suspensions to them. They're one, power.
0: one high level thing, you know, whether or not they have a good shot, you know? And, and I think like you read the complaint and obviously it's one sided again. So you read it and you're like, you know, there's a pretty compelling case just from a layman that doesn't know much of anything. Like you read through it and you're like, you know, they make some good points. But like the big thing here is if you're the the public investment fund who's behind the live golf tour, if I were to tell you, you could spend a couple billion dollars and completely knock all of the 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 cards out of the tour's hands. You know, this is a for them, a relatively low cost maneuver in terms of, you know, compared to what they're playing you know, paying guys and everything, low cost maneuver that has a potentially astronomically high return if
1: they win. Right. What are they, what are they winning? What are they arguing for? Just freedom to go back and forth to move. About, I think that's just, I, again, the irony is they are not independent on the other place. There is no freedom to not show up at the other place and they're suing for freedom to come back and show up whenever they want at, at the tour.
0: And I think this is the crux of of kind of like the way they've attacked the tour. Right? Is like every other sports league. You're like, why doesn't this happen in other sports leagues? Well, the players, people want are signed to contracts and bound right. by right. contracts. Here, I, I, you're I, independent contractors who sign a you know who adhere by a <coughs> handbook, and the fact that they've maintained this nonprofit status. And and this type of format would, is really it it has made them susceptible to this attack.
1: Yeah, I I, I think that there was a lot of comparison. Uh, well, there's a section of comparison of like what the top earner. I think it was Kepka, right? They talked about Kepka and how he re- compared to the top earner in the NBA, the NFL. And you're talking about these guys are on contracts uh, and how the PGA Tour was not with the times. They're slow the way they were paying their top guys just wasn't uh, commensurate relative to other sports. Well, like other sports are other sports. That's like sometimes comparing like a professional podcaster with the professional writer or like they're different fields. Like the top pickleball player in the country probably isn't making the same amount of money as the top NBA player. And I'm not saying, I'm not like trying to demean pro golf. It's a billion dollar industry, but like, that's just like, pulling out numbers to try... Like, I, I yeah. get where they're trying to go for, but you're also comparing little apples to oranges stuff. And, and, you know, they're also on contract. So do you want the freedom or do you want the contract? Or do they want both? Now they want both is basically what they're arguing for. Freedom with the PJ yeah. tour and a contract with Saudi Arabia. So... Um, it's,
0: one- it's truly... I, I mean, it's a, a remarkable attempt. Like, you know, and that's what I'm saying if they win this, it, it's a, it seems... You know, and I think like if I were, you know, I don't know much of anything. I think the the tour has put themselves into a really, really bad position here. That is happening at
1: all? Yeah, that is
0: happening at all. I still, I, I would guess that the tour is going to win, just because you
1: know, I. <coughs> it seems like it. I don't know. Though like I have no clue. The the argument the argument for why this isn't an antitrust is because it is succeeding, right? This league has formed. Yes. It has gotten a number of good players. Norman's out there boasting about how they're turning people away because there's so many guys that want to join it. Uh, and also like there's there's some context here. Like workers' rights, player empowerment, but as at what cost, like you're doing workers' rights up against being used for a sports washing attempt where there are no human rights, right? And human rights atrocities and no civil rights for certain classes. Uh, so that's not like, I don't know that that's germane to the lawsuit. I'm just suggesting that's context as we discuss all of this stuff. Um, and I, I, don't, I, I do think that is sort of a, a, a counter argument is like this thing has succeeded, and they haven't been prevented from going there. They they're allowed to go, and they're just not. There are consequences for going.
0: I th- well, I think that where that argument pushes back is all of the measures that have been levied in the collab. The, effectively, the consolidation, the the, the ways that yeah. they have walled them out of things. And I'm interested. I, you know, you didn't see anything in here about OWGR. I was going to say that to make the OWGR one the more pertinent. Whatever that's what I was surprised. And, and maybe that's a later lawsuit, you know, yeah. is like if, if OWGR denies them, then they say like, this is a collusion. And, you know, they're attempting to, you know, and, and that's like the, I would I would say that's where the, it, it, I think I've been pretty on the record of saying that I thought banning players was a very bad idea. Yeah. Because I thought they should just simply... Tr- Make their product better and win that way, you know, is like let people go over there, see and and see. It's just not what you have over here and make your product better. And, you know, don't galvanize these guys against you. And that's effectively what they've done. If they didn't ban any of these guys, this lawsuit wouldn't be sitting here. And the real fate of the tour wouldn't be hanging in a judge slash jury's decision. You know, that's the crazy thing to me is like, you know, all of your leverage as a tour is could be just gone. It could be vaporized by the decision of a court.
1: And you're not and you're litigating against uh, not like Alex Jones's lawyer. You're litigating against like more or less the sovereign wealth fund of Saudi Arabia lawyers, bankroll lawyers. And it's 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 a pretty prominent fight you've picked here or, or a substantial fight you've picked.
0: And you go in, you go in and you start reading the things that they were doing. And you're like, what I either mean, they were, they threatened their tent, their tent provider yeah. about providing tents. Like they threatened a yardage book cover maker. Like what, what are your yardage bookmaker? What are, what are you doing? Why are you picking these fights? Like they have anecdotal evidence of them trying to just bully people and saying you're banned if you work with them. Agents are banned if their players go to live. Like what? You know, what are you, like, what I was the purpose of I think they're trying to make it
1: look as far from their, pro, as amateurish as they can, right? If you're using the same tents and the same yardage books and the same, like, I, I'm not saying I agree with the approach, but I'm thinking they like, if that looks approximate to pro golf, our pro golf, then it legitimizes it, right? So they want to make it look as slipshod as possible uh, in their eyes, which would be my guess. Um, it just
0: that that strategy, the strong arm strategy, the and the reason people will say, well, if you let them play anywhere, then like everybody would have gone and played there. Like, guess what? Those event, the weeks of those events suck anyways.
1: I know. Which is weird. like we got to we got to which is where we're I mean, Joe LaMagna had an article on it. Like you're just going to have to have the haves and have nots of your 47 events overtly acknowledged. Right. Because now it's just like implied. Right. Because there's shitty fields and there's not shitty fields, but they're all 500. Fed, right. With every we love all our kids the same. It's just not the case. They're not all the same product. And so that's going to ha- they're going to have to eventually acknowledge that they're a tier one. And then there's other tiers. Um, and
0: so so by trying to strong arm like you had other levers to pull guys need to play 14 or 15 events to retain membership if, unless you're a lifetime member. Like, you had all these other... Make them earn their cards. Like, you have all these other levers. Like, the most drastic one was to to threaten a ban, which, you know, the other issue is in the handbook, you don't really have the, the... the option to ban what
1: is like, the so, yes they they so, use that term right They yes. use that term now whether these players are banned right now is a separate thing, well they've suspended. It,
0: effectively indefinitely suspended them right. they suspended them for two years they haven't followed the process that's outlined in the tour handbook which is another issue like what you played the strong arm defense it uh, you know stance that you overplayed your hand in and, and this i think is where Monahan and the people that were advising him just went way wrong. Like it's a bunch of people that have never been in a competitive landscape. While we're talking, making a decision, like just beat them. You have to just beat them. Like when you have a competitor come up, it's not about banning them, it's about beating them. And they focus instead about prohibiting people going instead of, hey, why don't we just beat them?
1: I think they thought a way they could beat them is like by telling strong arming all their vendors and players to say you can't do that like a yardage book and tent maker that's how we're going to beat them is how we wall- we cut them off at the you know this pass and that pass um while we're on the subject of bans slash suspensions like a big sort of newsy item i don't know that it matters going forward but phil was affected phil was officially suspended on march 22nd he applied for reinstatement i think it looks like the day after the u.s <coughs> u.s open Uh, And then after his participation in the Live Portland event, um, he has extended his suspension, uh, deferring even the mere opportunity to apply for reinstatement until after March 31, 2024. So he is, he's, I don't know if that's a, a ban, but he's, he can't even apply for reinstatement until March 31st, 2024. Uh, and then the there's PGA the other, policies.
0: the other complex thing about Phil is he's a lifetime member.
1: Right. I know. They, he, he goes, there's a lot of language, a lot. If you read the complaint, I read pretty much all of it. I think I read all of it. it it's like he's being precluded from the rights he's earned, more or less. He earned this right to be on this tour. Um, and, and on the other end of the spectrum, there's some pushback. Like, like he clear-eyed made his decision with some consequences. And he was suspended, by the way, not for playing and live, suspended for recruiting other players was the original yes. suspension. So go ahead.
0: <laughs> I think actually the strongest point is made around a guy that's only, that, that finished DFL in one live event, Andy Ogletree. I think this is actually yeah. the, the most compelling argument and where they have the best case actually for this whole thing is like so here's it's section 184 or paragraph 184 of the complaint the PGA Tour also sent a letter to Andy Ogletree a Corn Ferry Tour member threatening him with punishment if he played in the live golf event in response Mr. Ogletree reached out to Tour Vice President of Competition Administration Kristen Burgess regarding the Tour's denial of his release request Mr. Ogletree explained that he had not qualified for the conflicting event on the Corn Ferry Tour, taking place the same weekend as the London Live Golf Invitational Series. Thus, his participation in the Live Golf Invitational Series event did not keep him from otherwise participating in the Corn Ferry Tour event, or for that matter, the PGA Tour event. Mr. Ogletree informed the tour that he had spent thousands and thousands of dollars in his unsuccessful effort to play in the PGA Tour and the the Corn Ferry Tour. He asked the PGA Tour, should I sit at home on my couch? This is a quote, direct quote. Should I sit at home on my couch next week and not make any money? It seems like this is your stance. Mr. Ogletree also noted the inconsistency of the tour's stance since it had given Mr. Ogletree a release to participate in the Asia Tour International Series event from June 2nd to 5th, sponsored by Live Golf. In response, the tour cited the fact that the Live Golf Invitational Series will host events in the U.S., specifically that the Live Golf Invitational Series competes with the tour as the basis
1: for his event release denial. This is like gets to your point of like, why are we why are you picking this battle? You've given them you've given them some ammo here by picking like who gives a shit about the tree and like who gives a shit about the tents? Like this was like there's a fine line between protecting and being proactive, right? Protecting your turf and being proactive to win a competition, and like cutting off your nose despite your face. Like this isn't a battle to pick. And now you just said this is one of the most compelling arguments they make because of all over like caring giving shit about Andy Oglesby, a guy
0: that has only you played gotta, one event on oh. live. Like that's the other the hilarious thing about it is that. You know who knows what happens, but say this is the thing that that sways the decision. Uh, yeah,
1: if you're an antitrust lawyer, like judge, and this looks like like this guy yeah, can't get off his couch, guy can't. It's, it might be yeah. And you all because you picked a fight with them with on, Andy, on, Andy Ogletree. Ogletree, right? Right.
0: Of all the people, it's not over Phil. It's not over the the second most famous tour player of the last 30 years. This is not, it's over Andy Ogletree, a guy with basically no status.
1: Uh, all right. Well, we could talk about this for an hour. We will. What other points do you want to make? I got one more. I thought was amusing. Uh there's a section that talked about their extravagant spending. Like, and I think they're talking about, you know, the infrastructure, the salaries, all the bloated bureaucracy is cited. Extravagant spending just made me chuckle. It's like, could the moat the thing that was built to protect them be their undoing be like it's like using the, the driveway like, <laughs> moat. use it like it's <laughs> the, the, the meeting moat, rooms the moat there for protection the guy's killed with his own gun kind of thing. they take the gun from him and it's like drowning yourself in your own moat i thought it was kind of a, a fun metaphor but um any, any got, other points you got yeah made? i got yeah. one
0: other thing we talked in uh in march after Rivera or it is in late February, March, about how, how these player statements had a hostage-type a hostage feel.
1: You're talking like about DJ, scenario. I'm committed to the Bryson. tour. I, I want to go one
0: step, I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to go one step further here and ask a question. So this is paragraph 166 of the complaint. The tour's threats of punishment and career destruction greatly affected Live Golf's ability to sign elite professional golfers to fill out its league. Some players, including plaintiff DeChambeau, who had previously signed contracts with Live Golf, were forced to publicly profess loyalty to the tour.
1: Is that true? Uh, Do we think that's true? I mean, why would it be? An, I uh, the complaint. I mean, Bryson's Bryson, some, we know is some, like. But <laughs>
0: here is the thing: it's some, some players. So this is my question <laughs> yeah. off of it. Other players who had previously agreed in principle to all, uh, all terms with Live Golf informed Live Golf that they now could not sign and instead publicly professed loyalty to the tour. Players who had been enthusiastic about joining Live Golf and Formed Live Golf that they had re- regrettably could not join in light of these threats.
1: So he must have really, like, Phil gave them such a, like, Gift and it sounds like they kind of m- mishandled okay. it.
0: So my my thought. Remember, remember when Xander just out of nowhere professed his like no, and yeah. we were like, nobody asked for this.
1: Yeah, I do remember that. It was a press conference.
0: Yeah, it, it was just like out of nowhere, and we were like, wait, why? Why is he? Nobody asked. <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> no, like my question: Did he sign? They they clearly allude to here that players that signed then backed out. Right. So who were the, you know, and then you could go down the line. Like if you think about that week, all the people that made statements that like a few of them popped up out of nowhere and it was, you know, Bryson and DJ were obviously the two big ones, the two big rumored ones, but Xander was in the bucket of, of ones that came out. And, and I remember we had a long discussion about like, wait, why was Xander doing like, why did he
1: even do this? It didn't seem like he needed to do this. Yeah, I remember that. I remember you bringing that up. Like, why are we ta- Why is he t- going into this monologue about this? Um, so it sounds like the tour strong
0: arm people into publicly professing their support. And, and uh, shortly after that, that's when Monahan declared Live Golf <coughs> dead. We're moving on. We're, We're moving, moving on. Yeah, that. And at that point, he thought it was over. They re- and they they went in to talk about how they had you know the whole teams and franchise thing set. And at that point, they pivoted to what it is now, and it, it, you know, with these eight event invitational series.
1: Well, uh, while we're on the subject of Monahan, they seem um, – again we're going to have an antitrust uh, uh, economist on. to t- get into more specifics about this actual suit. I mean, we're trying to discuss it from a golf in our history with this story now for the last seven, eight months. Um, while you're talking about Monaghan, his memo to players that got leaked yesterday in response to this lawsuit, I thought, you know, it was kind of more of the same. It's like, stand by us. We, we are here to protect you. Uh, I thought it was amusing how he told players to get out there and talk if you can, get out there and talk about how we're growing. I saw DL3 was on Golf Channel this morning, or maybe it was taped doing that. Can we talk about, about DL3's idea? Yeah, he was on there again today. and What is he talking about? Boy, he's like, we knew he- this lawsuit was coming forever. We knew it was coming this week. I was like, I bet you didn't know your quotes were going to be in there <laughs> like they were put in at the last minute. Uh, so he made it sound like Hudson Swafford is persona non grata down there at <laughs> the island but otherwise uh yeah what what about it what, what about his notion that they would boycott he's talking
0: it? about boycotting i saw he talked about like before this week he talked about boycotting the u.s open what what what's that gonna do yeah yeah yeah. Like, and then he's like, "We're gonna boycott tour." He, like, what are you he talking walked that about? Back
1: in this second interview I was watching this morning, where <laughs> well, he was like, "No, it was just like a thing." Like Zach Johnson, and others were talking about, like, "Well, why should I play if these guys can come back and play on my PGA tour?" Like, then are they? I, is it the more of like? Too,
0: I think like there's like this really compelling contrast with the tour, right? You've got guys like Davis Love and Zach Johnson. Zach Johnson shouldn't be on the tour anymore based off of his play. You got yeah. guys like that who, who don't really, the, they've earned a spot based off of the tour they played on 20 years ago or 10 years ago. And the tour is a lot different now. It's younger. It's in, and I think like they're.
1: But he's one got of a things that exemption that one that Phil's fighting for. And, and I think Tigers, one of the right. things,
0: one of the things that the, that if I were a young player on the tour is I might look at, at this situation and be like, why, why are these guys making the decisions for the future of my tour at this point? At this point, these guys are completely irrelevant to golf. The only reason they're ir- irrelevant is because the tour has some longstanding... This would be like, this would be like, you know, Anthony Thomas, the old Chicago Bears oh, running God. back, weighing in on, like, policies. Uh, like, it's I, absolutely I, ridiculous that these guys I, had carry such a heavy weight on the tour. It I, needs, I, like, if I'm a young player, I'm saying, guess what? We got to change. We got to get with the times because we are not with the times right now. I, We're playing I, on my, my father's PGA
1: Tour. I not think they would PGA present tour. it as they're protecting what they've built. Um, now what should they that be have they input, input for the future? What they the, don't live
0: in the house anymore.
1: Eighteen-year-old. I, I I get that. I get that. They just. It's like
0: when alumni make decisions about universities, right? Similar to that. Well, they do. I know they're usually
1: short-sighted. Or they just have the money, the cash. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. It, it's anyways. We'll we'll get into more of the specifics with with this uh, antitrust expert. Um, anything else? Monahan's memo was again, kind of just, they care about messaging like that. And I get, I get, they're not going to lay out legal strategy, but it just feels like all their deterrence is always about like loyalty and history and honor and tradition. And like these, these kind of, uh, some of the notions are cherished and and real, but as a sort of legal or, or as sort of a strategy, it's not super compelling. Um, anyways uh get out there and get out there and do interviews talking about how we're growing that seems uh, like a bad idea in a litigation case yeah we'll see how the tro thing goes next tuesday you think they're gonna go the way the europeans were the same way the guys got a stay to participate in the scottish open yeah i who knows who can i don't that? know is he draft have it's a lineup a, on the on the lawsuit yet
0: can we also just briefly talk about how much of a farce it is that Taylor Gooch is 20th in the FedEx Cup and he hasn't played on the tour in months?
1: It's a good transition to Max McGreevy. Max McGreevy tracker. T28, our guy. He's getting there. Let's, let's go, baby. Max McGreevy. Yeah, that, that I mean... You're really trying to walk back your Max McGreevy slander. I'm days. not slander. No, that's not true. I just read off the facts. I read off his record. I read off his strokes gained data. And you're talking about Taylor Gooch still being 20th. It's just, you know, the playoffs are a little bloated. I got bad, ne- I got bad news.
0: I got bad news from Axel Grievy. What? He's, he's gone what? down a spot in the FedEx Cup.
1: Projected. Really? Yeah. Terrible. All right. Well, they're still tied. He's, he's in, just, in the mix. 200. It looks like, it looks like
0: Cannon Fodder Charlie's all but all but done. His streak. Oh really? The
1: yeah, They were sharing highlights of Cannon fodder Charlie this morning on the PGA Tour. He well, he got off to a hot start. So. He kind of kind of yeah. decelled in. So let's talk about the women. All right.
0: Uh, I don't really. I got good. nothing for halfway through eighteen hole updates. Right. It, at least at least the, bit, the women, at least the women at least the women are There's, full
1: eighteen. There were some sixty fives. Hinako Shibuno, the smiling Cinderella. Uh, out early with sixty five, Jess Cortahead had a sixty six. Uh, wind was we got. I video feel like
0: Shibuno f- is like a legit Lynx player. She contended well, in what she contended and in last year. Woburn though, the-
1: right? Isn't where she won Woburn?
0: Yeah, but she was she contended. She's just like I don't something about the women's open.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Woburn. So she shot 65. <laughs> she shot sixty five. Uh, it was not. Terribly difficult. The wind was down relative to Friday uh, or relative to Wednesday, I should say. Looks like it'll be 10 to 20 next few days. No, no rain, hopefully, it looks like. But that's sort of an hour-to-hour thing over there. Um, I don't any think other... they ever know. We put out, I just got to be honest, we put out a million whole videos. Really good stuff. Good drone video. Good drone footage. I would recommend you watch that as sort of to orient yourself. Uh, They're on the Friday of... social feed. Friday, uh twitter account instagram cameron hurt is grinding on those you you flew the drone so it, the, i just got to say it's a good way to orient yourself for the watch on the weekend um anything else on Mirrorfield women's open nothing else we'll have a big recap on monday like i said the lawsuit really kind of became the talk uh news what do we have here webb simpson named a president's cub president's cup i gotta be right here or you are get in trouble captain's assistant. It's not assistant captain, not vice captain. It's captain's assistant. The nomenclature, they're very particular the PGA Tour with their capitalizations and their terms and assistant captains are called captain's assistants uh for the President's Cup and Webb Simpson will be on. Is that sort of get your juices flowing Webb Simpson becoming getting into the captain's room? Is that change that game for him? It is. He lives on the course. Literally lives on the course. Um so that's all I got for news. Webb Simpson, just going to inject some fire. It is good to get a n- new generation, I suppose. in uh, Home see. game too. Is he going to, what if he wins this week? I think it's too late. I think he, I don't know. Maybe player cap. What if like he wins the playoffs?
0: Him. What if he goes on a run? A, a Billy Ho
1: like run? Isn't he outside? Yeah, Whatever. We don't need to get into a Webb Simpson discussion. Uh, all right, let's go to precision pro flashback Friday. Going to be a quick one here. Um, it's brought to you by Precision Pro. They're the official rangefinder of the shotgun start. Uh, you get yourself an NX10. It's their new model where you can personalize it with you know various flags and colors or whatever you want to do. Uh, I think we're, we're going to have a shotgun start one at some point. Maybe. We'll see. You get an NX9. Use the promo code SHOTGUN20. You get $20 off an NX9. You go to PrecisionProGolf.com. They have the best customer service. You get lifetime battery replacement. Um. And, you know, it it, it works every time, right? I mean, that's the most important thing, right? You get the slope finder off and on if you're playing in an event. In an actual event, you can kind of easily click for the NX10. They have the slope adjuster on top. In fried
0: egg events, you're allowed to use the slope. Are you? If you have have a a Precision Pro, not a a Bushnell or other competitors.
1: That would be a good rule. I
0: like anti. That. It, we're, we're employing some antitrust, anti-competitive uh, measures I on like our own. That. End. I like
1: that. Go to precisionprogolf.com. Again, really good people. I don't know how many times I could tell you that, but like good people that we're happy to partner with, uh, if no you know behind the scenes. Uh, use the promo code SHOTGUN20. All right, this week's flashback. Big news, right I, got, I got my NX10. It's in the, it's, uh, I can't wait oh, to use good. it. Oh, good. Good, you finally got it. I use mine in Scotland quite a bit. You know, well, I, I couldn't. I had too much. I hadn't actually. seen it. Probably too much in Scotland. Getting in my I own hadn't, head.
0: I hadn't seen the, the the rangefinder, and my wife just like plopped the box down in front of me the other day, and I was like, "Oh, did this just come?" She goes, "No, no. i it's been over there forever."
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. All right. Flashback Friday for the day. It's on the Women's Open. I was reading this. You know, I couldn't find a lot of int- uh, uh, a lot of uh, information about this. So it's quick. Um, the third or the second second Women's Open ever. Uh, what's let me find my spot here. First, let's hear it. the first women's British Open. So, Spartan beginnings really sort of, and this was not long ago. We talked about this on Wednesday how this major is not like the oldest deal in the world. The first women's British Open was played in 1976 when the ladies' British Open amateur stroke play championship was extended to include pros. The amateur stroke play championship was organized by the Ladies Golf Union since 1969, so not that old itself. In early 76, two professionals, Vivian Saunders and Gwen Brandom, along with the LGU, agreed that they'd open it up to pros. So Saunders and Brandom provided 200 pounds. The pros themselves, who joined the amateur competition, provided 200 pounds in prize money for the pros. So they paid... Literally into the pot for themselves, apparently. Eventually, the total prize money was 500 pounds and five pros competed in the event. Uh, In the second event, Saunders, uh, Vivian Saunders won in 1977, but she tied with Mary Everard and they went to a countback, a scorecard. Scorecard tiebreaker. No the way. second out. Could you imagine that happening? Now, uh, so she shot Megan Saunders shot seventy six to Everard's seventy nine, and she won. They did a card countback, and that's all that happened. That's that was the tiebreaker. They finished tied over the, the stroke seventy two holes, but they just went on final score, final round score, which they called a countback. Um, again, and she won. I think she said, "Yeah." It was held at Lindrick in 1977, and the winner's purse was 168 pounds. Again, so Saunders won 168 pounds. 168 pounds. Winner And they all. noted she won a playoff against Everard, but it wasn't really a playoff. It was a card countback because she had the better last round. Uh, so those are kind of the really humble beginnings of the Women's Open. Really, not a lot of pros. They had like two or three pros playing it for the first like four or five years. Hardly any pros. Five pros uh, in the first, and then and then like two by the third. It was sort of floundering. Uh, Seventy nine, they they separated it from the stroke play championship, became an amateur only event, and prize money for pros went to ten thousand pounds. So you started getting more and more pros, um, and no real prestigious courses agreed to host it, aside from Royal Burkdale. Obviously, this is a prominent topic now nowadays with Muirfield joining. You got True in a couple of years ago. Uh, Porthcall and Carnoustie sort of recently um, but Birkdale hosted it twice in the early days uh, but after it nearly it nearly went under in 83 it was held at quote, the best of the quote second tier courses which was Woburn Golf and Country Club for seven straight years uh, oh, but, sure. and then in 94 it became an LPGA tour event which sort of changed the dynamic it had just been a light event 94 you start getting a stronger field and uh, became a major in 01, replacing the Du Maurier Classic in Canada, an LPGA major, that is, in 01. So that's the uh, early, earliest days. Not a lot of info on that card countback, but I was, I was fascinated. I went hunting for more details. Had to be. Just imagine the controversy nowadays. If they both shot, you know, whatever. Same number. But hey, you had a seventy six in the final round. She had a seventy nine. Here's your trophy. I would there have liked
0: go. to. I wish they had gone back to the number one handicap
1: hole. That's the way I know. <laughs> if they, they go to
0: the number one handicap yeah. hole first. See what that would have been Each, guy, each person got each woman shot uh, oh. had there. That's that's the scorecard
1: playoff. I know that would have been amazing if if you know. The lower round of the day had a higher number. There It would have been yeah, just the whole thing would have been a nightmare. But that's your Precision Pro Flashback Friday. Enjoy the Women's Open at Mirrorfield over the weekend. Look out for maybe a bonus episode with this antitrust expert. Uh, if not, we'll push him to uh, push him to Sunday, right? Which we'll be doing a live show together Sunday in Philly. Go oh, to uh, look wow, for the Friday the live show. Live
0: show, we'll miss that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Live show in Philly at Lulu, twenty dollars. For all you can drink beer and wine in two hours of you know in a two hour span plus a recording. So look for details there in Friday newsletter. All right, enjoy your weekends, enjoy the Women's Open, um, enjoy your legal reading if that's what you want to do. But we'll talk to you on Sunday.